warning. What you will see in the movie Pieces cannot be revealed, cannot be described, cannot even be imagined. And you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. Pieces, it's exactly what you think it is. Pieces, absolutely no one under 17 will be admitted. Dan's Driving Double Feature presents Pieces and Pieces, episode 22, a minute-by-minute-ish podcast covering J.P. Simon's early 80s slasher film Pieces, and this is, in fact, our final episode. No! This is mid-August 2020, as I'm recording this. I started at some point in mid-April, and it was funny, when I started in mid-April... The reason why I began doing it in this fashion was I didn't know if I'd be alive to make it to the end of the podcast. So I thought, this is the best way to do that. Let's go in chunks. I'm kind of glad I did. It it was fun to do. Um, There really isn't much to cover here. There is our final zing, which takes about 30 seconds. And then we have about uh, one minute of credits. I will do what I always do. I will read the credits as they go by. We'll cover the 30 seconds real quick ish and and then we will wrap it up i i don't have a lot of revelations about pieces um i don't have any revelations about pieces pieces is what it's exactly what you think it is and i don't think i've i've deprived you of that that thought whatever thought you had you perverted son of a bitch i love you thank you for listening listen to this Did I, did I say this was episode 22? I should have, because that's what it is. So this one has the the second zing, which I didn't realize is like that first zing when the body falls out of the, the bookcase. It's great because it's like, why would the body be there? We spent the whole movie being told it was in the freezer. Why would it be there? And I discussed in the last episode what I think it's up to. Someone did um, point out to me two things. One, the body that is behind the bookcase is wearing the dress that the dean's mom was wearing when the dean killed her and second on high def you can really tell that that bookcase that is the secret passage a secret hatch or whatever the heck it is bookcase is boy that's a fake looking bookcase i mean that that you know it's a look at the books on it it's like none of them look real and it's just like you look at it and you go the, the thing is for me that and how how is the dean's space look at and, and i know i should have talked about this before but look at like there's a bookcase and forgive me if i'm wrong is there a door on either side of the bookcase where would they go to where, where i mean presumably they go down when they go down whatever the hall is and and open the door on the left the space that they have just passed before they got to the door is the space that we see there but maybe there's a whole i wonder if it's one of the if one of those sort of things where um you know i've noticed that the space from the door in the hallway the space from the door the the door to the living room area 
to the the entrance the door of the entrance to the quarters i notice that that space is 30 feet but the, no it wouldn't be that long to say uh, uh, 15 feet but the space from the door within the living room to the bookcase and everything is like 10 feet or so you know one of those things was like suddenly there's something hidden there and obviously if there are two big doors there i'd love to know the way this room works um it's i think it's too late to start talking about it but just look look at look at the setup of the room look at the way look at the fake bookcase look at are those doors are they not think about how weird the the um the uh the uh the kitchen area is just just look at it's such a weird layout and it has this huge refrigerator area in it too so it's just like it's nuts i love i want to do something specifically on why the dean's quarters are so rad in this movie they're super rad aren't they anyway what actually happens in this minute? Well, like I said, the first 30 seconds wraps it up. The next uh, minute is credits. So the, the first 30 seconds, yeah, it's, it's Kendall standing up and the um, lieutenant's gone. I think I called the sergeant lieutenant in the last one. I'm go- It's Sergeant Holden, Lieutenant Bracken, right? It's Frank Bra- Branya. Branya. Uh, Christopher George is gone. The Georges are gone. They're no longer in this. It's just it's just Mr. Branya and Ian Sarah in this. And the... Um, Every, everyone's gone the the, the other cops are gone and they're, they're they're getting ready to leave and the 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 piece together corpse is still on the ground with a sheet over her and kendall's coat is nearby and it's interesting that well i don't know if it's that interesting. it's interesting i it's well one thing that's interesting too i don't know if you guys noticed the the dean's um Oh no, they're they're like some sort of dresser, uh, like a break front. Oh, it's like a break front or something like that. They're not doors, or are they doors? I mean, they could be doors. They could be big fake doors that look like a break front or something like that. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm sorry. The the doors, uh, what I thought were doors on either side of the um, of the uh, of the uh, the bookcase. Uh, so anyway. Um, uh yeah everyone's gone and and, and uh, the sergeant's there and kendall's there and he's um uh he doesn't have his coat on and um i wish he hadn't taken his coat off uh because he's going to have some trouble soon in the spanish version when kendall stops and looks at the piece together body on the floor the sergeant says you know just be be happy be proud that you you know in some way you've avenged their deaths now how kendall did that i don't know precisely um they keep pitching kendall as the hero but nothing he's done has been pretty heroic nothing he's done has been either that jerky either but but um they're they're pitching him as a thing that he kind of isn't which is part of the fun of the movie is that he's pitched his he's pitches this stud who helps the police well i mean he did he did find the clue okay i take it all back not all of it um but he did find that clue which the the sergeant followed up on okay so so kendall did help eventually and he did he was there he fought the the dean off kept the dean away from mary okay i take it all back what i just said but still they are over pitching what but kendall's done a lot he's had a, he's had a it's been a few rough days for kendall i'm not going to put kendall down for the work he's done for everybody in the in the american version or the english version the sergeant says don't brood on it kid and um kind of just kind of nods and he leans over to get his coat and then we get 
the second zing. Now the first zing is great because um, it's a bit gross and you don't expect it. This zing, I think, just kind of looking at it in the way it's framed, because the camera kind of tracks along with them as they're walking out and then stops, and then he leans over to get his coat, and then the arm shoots up, and I I, I don't want to spoil anything, but if we're at the end of the movie, the, basically the last 30 seconds is Kendall being sort of by hand castrated by this piece together corpse that I don't think is that original piece together corpse is that I don't think is the, the piece together corpse that we saw hanging in the freezer I think this is a second piece together corpse regardless for some reason it, it, in the Spanish version it seems really weird with the um, you've avenged their deaths and then it immediately sort of comes to life grabs his I mean is it like a is it like a like um sort of like a, a disembodied arm kind of possessed by a spirit um beast with five fingers hands of orlock um there's a what was it the third uh league of gentlemen third season the second episode with the really big joke shop owner who gets the um who gets with who's missing an arm who gets the replacement arm and the replacement arm keeps trying to help people although he's trying not to. I'm wondering if it's something like that where possibly the arm was possessed and not the rest of the body because the rest of, but then when the body fell on Kendall she was smiling so she may have just loved the fact that she just scared the crap out of Kendall I don't know I do I do I do wonder if it well it doesn't make any sense I mean obviously it doesn't make any sense what why is that corpse behind the bookcase when he had the freezer that doesn't make any sense in fact in, in fact considering we just saw it hanging in the freezer a few minutes before why does it come to life that doesn't make any sense. They do say Kendall's sort of the campus stud, and he loves the ladies, and the ladies love him. So maybe, maybe this body, maybe, um, maybe in the really vague sort of suspect building up that they did in this movie, maybe the dean kind of saw how popular Kendall was and went after gals that Kendall had fooled around with, and possibly treated not very nice. And so the head is smiling because she's like, I got you, Kendall, you jackass. And then the arm is like, I'm going to grab his junk, squeeze, and pop it. And because maybe it's an amalgam. That body is the an amalgam of, of gals who Kendall had done wrong. He doesn't seem to quite be that sort. I mean, yes, he kind of does yell at the gal in the um, in the bed, but then he... he um, He's, he's a little worried about what's going on so I don't know I don't I don't I don't really see him as a jerk I see him as a bit of a doof I, I mean I, I like the concept that that maybe this was like a Frankenhooker thing maybe the Dean had found a way to bring this corpse to life and now all the life force was gone from it and he needed a new one and so he just hung that one maybe she was guarding the door if someone came in she would activate the bookcase maybe the maybe the sergeant doesn't by leaning on the bookcase doesn't activate it maybe she activates it and that's what she does she scares the heck out of him causes a ruckus gets everyone to clear out of there and then grabs the junk and pop i don't know there are a lot of theories that i have i like the frankenhooker theory i like the theory of the amalgam of of gals that that kendall may have done wrong i just like the fact that maybe um maybe when you've been murdered horrifically and pieces of your body are attached to pieces of other people's bodies maybe you're just pissed and you, you, uh, some guy did it, and you see some guy's junk nearby, and you're just going to grab it and go.
poor Kendall. He lets out a good scream. We do a good freeze frame and a fade to black. And it's such a great scene. It's such a great scene because you, you get the zing of the body falling out and then you don't expect in less than a minute to get another one that's crazy. That's just like, oh my God, I didn't expect that at all. I mean, she, her claws, like, like her nails, like rip down the front of his crotch and you don't see anything. I mean, you see blood and, and, and such, but it's his jeans and she just like grabs like where the junk is, squeezes it like pops and there's and it's just like whoa it's it's a hell of a scene especially seeing it on the big screen seeing it huge is crazy fun ah, so that's the end yeah and kendall kendall doesn't die i guess but he gets his nuts popped which is not something you want to have happen and again that's the joy of the film is that you, you re- i really didn't expect that that would be how it ended i i if i remember correctly when i first watched it like the body falling out of the the bookcase was like whoa okay wow um didn't make sense but it was like whoa, okay wow i didn't expect within another i didn't expect within another minute there'd be a zing that was even crazier and then a minute after that it would be over it's almost like a like a like a silent film or a 30s a horror film or 50 sci-fi film you know where they destroy the giant tarantula you see a shot of the tarantula burning the end and it goes you know or you know the one of the universal films or something where you know like the moment the dam bursts and frankenstein the wolfman get washed away it's over kind of thing this is kind of almost that with like that happens and you know there's no explanation you know why 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 didn't why didn't they take that body away? Why don't they have someone there to look into? Th- I mean, that's crazy. And it's, it, I mean, I, in the Spanish version, you get the implication that they got it. You know, why is the killer? You know, taking pieces. There's the puzzle. There's this piece together body, and you get it. In the English version, you imagine that they get it, but they don't mention it. And in a movie like this subtlety isn't an art form that it embraces so you kind of need them to say it so you wonder are they getting what's going on or do they think uh, i guess they get what's going on but it's just for a moment it's like hmm okay whatever so that so that is yeah where the movie ends uh nuts popping the nuts which is really painful to watch and a joy an absolute joy and kendall lets out a really great scream the scream in the English version is better than the scream in the Spanish version. I think. I I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm I'll stop. I'll stop. It's, it's thirty seconds. I don't know how I could talk about it for another five ten minutes, but I'm not going to. I, was the dean supernatural? Was the dean some sort of mad scientist? Was the dean, you know, I don't know. Um, think of the Hungan. You know the great the great film the Hungan which is about a scientist putting together a Frankensteinian Steinian monster that comes to life and starts killing people. And that's kind of what happens here. But, I mean, I like the thought that, like, like what do you do now? I mean, is that thing alive? What do you, what do, you do with it? What, what, you know? And it's like, and if it is alive, what do you call her? What's its name? You know, if, it, if it's made up of parts from, what, one, two, three, like four or five different women... What do you what do you call it? I mean, who who does it go to? Who do you? I mean, who do you tell? You know, do you tell? You know, do you say to the the family of of the torso like your daughter's alive? Mostly, I would like let's say like two thirds uh, 
alive. Not you're not going to get to talk to her, but you know, or the legs like we found her legs, and they're in fine shape. Well, she that was decaying, but still they're doing okay. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. What I'm gonna do is what I always do, which is hit the credits. The the credits in the Spanish version, which are in Spanish, um, but but still, obviously, I could read them. I'm gonna do the English ones. Look more sort of professional than the credits in the English one, which have sort of in a like an Aquarius releasing uh, uh, sort of Doctor Butcher M.D. kind of we just threw this together feel to them. But I'm just going to read the credits and then we will wrap up this podcast. Here we go, Lieutenant Bracken, Christopher George. He it, it's funny I always sort of remember Christopher George being in this more like like the amount he was in uh, say like in um, Gates of Hell I was going to say Escape but oh I want to watch Escape right now but but he's not really not in it much he's got a couple sort of scenes in the first half and then he doesn't really do much in the second half um, he just kind of is there because he's Christopher George Sergeant Holder Frank Brown yeah, he he gets a bit more to do but still it, it's funny like going through a podcast like this uh doing a podcast like this going through a movie in this way even more so when you go minute by minute rather than sort of segment by segment you really sort of the way you think about things like oh yeah christopher george he's the star of this he's really not in it that much and but he kind of is and even even like next up mary riggs it's linda day not linda day george linda day and uh, mary is in it but she's not in it a ton and it's kind of one of those movies where at the end of the day, no one's really in it a ton. I guess Kendall's in it the most. I don't know. I guess technically the Dean, if you count all the sneaking around as Dean-related stuff. Willard, Paul Smith. Oh, we haven't seen Willard in ages. It's funny that Willard, the way he sort of runs away during the locker room scene, and we never see or hear from him again. It's a weird film that... um sort of sets up a series of red herrings and then kind of forgets that it does that. I mean, did you for a minute think that Willard was doing it? I mean, the moment you see Willard uh, chainsawing stuff, and then you see like the killer, like I'll just be another minute, miss, and you see it's like that's not Paul Smith, and and you you know it's not Kendall, and it's it it's not going to be Professor Brown. It just doesn't feel like it's going to be Professor Brown, and it's um, it, 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 I, I love all the red herrings they set up that then they don't care about them it's sort of like it's it's like a mystery like a poros on the case no not really not really and i mean the way they find out that it's the dean is just so matter of fact that it's fun it's kind of funny um so we got the dean edmund purdom of course he would um he uh he working with um dick randall on this film he would get a chance Jeez, if this is 81 when they made this three years after this or so, um, to make Don't Open Till Christmas, the alternately very fun and slightly dull British Christmas slasher about someone at Christmas time killing Santa Clauses. And he, Edmund Purdom is in it. He plays the, the, the detective from Scotland, New Scotland Yard, and he also directs it. He doesn't apparently direct. There, there's like a action and horror scenes directed by additional scenes directed by kind of thing. Um, am I thinking of Ego and the Lunatics? There, I could be for some of that, but but I think it is one of those movies where I, I believe it was kind of a troubled production. Uh, I would recommend though. I wish it was a Blu-ray, but I would recommend the Mondo Macabre. Um, I believe they put that out. Um, I just got their Emmanuel in America Blu-ray. So much fun. 
but the Mondo Macabre um, DVD of Don't Be o- uh, Don't Don't Be Open Till Christmas. <laughs> what a douche! It's been a, it's been a long ride, huh, folks? Uh, don't open till Christmas. Um, it's I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I also think it's a little dull. Uh, it has the it has has the gal who I think is the gal who gets pushed into like the septic tank and slaughter high, running around in like a short skirt uh, throughout much of it, which I can't um, complain about. Uh, it also has the, the um the leading gal in it was in the lead gal the blonde whose dad is killed at the beginning she was in a action film or something I just watched recently and I'm not Belinda Maine is that her name I'm on a tangent but yeah I've been Purdom um that's for my Christmas minute by minute cast maybe I'll do you know what would be a fun one to do Silent Night Deadly Night one and two. Wouldn't that be fun? Since the first like thirty-five minutes of Silent Night Deadly Night Part Two just contain like twenty minutes of Silent Night Deadly Night, wouldn't it be fun to talk about just just the comparison point? We are like, okay, I'm in minute eighteen of Silent Night Deadly Night Part Two, and here they're showing minute forty-seven of Silent Night Deadly, Night. and then when you get to Silent Night Deadly Night Forty-seven, you're like, here's this, which we discussed earlier, and I want to get those two blu-rays and do that right now that might be next well if i mm, okay okay let's keep going through the credits kendall ian sarah i only know uh ian if if from from one of the films that would be of course the great pod people and he's fine in this he's he's got a big wiener so that that helps professor brown jack taylor sylvia isabel luke l-u-q-u-e Dr. Jennings, Gerard Tichy, Secretary Hilda Fuchs. She was kind of made out to be a bit of a um, red herring, but she certainly wasn't. Filmed in Boston, Mass., and Madrid, Spain. Copyright 1983 by Spectacular Film Productions. I'm not going to argue with them. That is the uh, that is the copyright on the English version. Give me one moment. Oh, okay. In the Spanish credits it says uh 82 at the end of it just 82 i imagine that's 1982 but i don't know for certain let me just um continue to watch madrid e boston usa yes of course and um so yeah the spanish one says 82 the english one says 83 83 would have been when it came out and like um well, the U.S. and such. So that makes sense. And I still um, I still stand by maybe it was made in 81, finished in 82. I don't know. So anyway, that's pieces, everybody. That's pieces in pieces. I'm so glad you all joined me uh, for this. Um, there are no big revelations at the end here. Pieces was made as a quick, fast, cheap, sleazy, riding on the coattails of Friday the 13th and, of course, Halloween thing that was about being exactly what you think it is being gory and crazy and and it it's pretty much that and it's still pretty much that it's one of those movies that like a lot of slashers from the early 80s if you show them to folks now who don't really know slashers or weren't weren't around then um, whether they just weren't born or whether they didn't watch them if you show folks uh, quite a few slashers from that time they're gonna kind of they'll find them tame or, or they'll maybe a little boring 
um, they have to put themselves in the right frame of mind for it. And then at that moment, like even something like Night School becomes the most beautiful film you've ever seen. But Pieces is great because Pieces is what you kind of, I think, hope that every slasher film is going to be. It's it's atmospheric. It's got some scares. It's inventively dumb and strange throughout. And then it's gory as hell when it needs to be. And it, it, it throws all logic to the wind um, when that needs to happen. I don't. There are no big revelations about pieces. I'm glad. I'm glad you you folks have listened all the way through. I hope you had a good time. I did. I think it was a heck of a lot of fun. And um, geez, I really like my Silent Night, Deadly Night one and two idea. Hmm, maybe, but uh, for now, thank you. And everyone, be safe. Be well. Be good to each other. For God's sake, kids, you you gotta be kind. Be good. And one more time, let's hear this music. on the uh, final episode but I do as I was about to post this one of the listeners a gentleman named Steve I won't say any more I will just say that you know if someone named Steve has told you something's going on you listen uh, we had discussed Steve had discussed with me uh, on Twitter the uh, my, my confusion over whether or not the gal who may or may not run into the glass at the beginning is the same gal who gets her head cut off later on. He convinced me, looking again and again, that I believe it is. And actually, the way you can kind of tell it is, is, um, this just happened to me. I was, um, go through the scene-by-scene screen on the Blu-ray, and there are, there is like an image of her skateboarding, and there's an image of her about to get her head cut off. And it's clearly, clearly the same woman. Or if you want to do it even more, um, put on the scene where she's skateboarding towards a thing and she th- kind of like throws up her arms and screams and immediately go to the menu of the scenes and you will see her doing that exact same face when she's getting the, the saws cutting her head off. Now, why am I bringing this up? Dan, this, this podcast is over. Why are you mentioning this? I had gone into what the heck is going on with that corpse that falls out of the the bookcase that clearly isn't the the corpse that he was putting together previously. Mm. Something interesting is happening, and I'm not going to talk about it for more than two minutes. Look at the moment when the sergeant touches the bookcase and it spins. For a split second, you see the body drop. The, the body appears and begins to drop then it cuts like Mary screaming and Kendall screaming and screaming and then the body falls and then you see that shot sort of the look like it, it doesn't quite look slow-mo it looks like it was maybe done during editing of the the body falling towards you and it's looking decayed and is looking nothing like 
the woman who got her head cut off uh, with the chainsaw at the start of the movie, near the, near the start of the movie after, after the, 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 the mirror crash. The moment the sergeant hits the bookcase, it spins, and for less than one second, the body is there. Freeze frame it. Look at her. And then go to those images on the menu. Steve pointed this out, and I believe Steve is 100% correct. That's her. Why is... Does the body change all of a sudden? Maybe she didn't want to do nudity. It's the only thing I can think of. Because you 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 know you you see when she's skateboarding she she's wrapped up like it's the middle of winter when she's out in the field there and she gets her head cut off yeah you can see her you know legs up to right you know below her behind but you, there's no nudity whereas the body that falls out of the bookcase whew, the boobs come out it really it, it, it that's her it's her for that split second that's her and then suddenly it's not her what is going is that some sort of portal some sort of weird strange dimensional space because every single moment apart from less than one second of that scene says this isn't the body we saw getting put together but for three quarters of a second it's that body is that crazy i mean and she's even like you can clearly tell like the the woman who falls on kendall kind of looks like she's dead Whereas, like the woman who gets the the woman who gets her head cut off the, into the glass with the skateboarding, if if that is her, and I believe that is, thank you, Steve. Um, the moment it spins around, she looks like she is looking at Kendall. So that may explain why you get the ball crunch, because maybe she was mistreated by Kendall. I don't know, but why does it change? I mean, yeah, like I said, I think I think there's probably a reason why it changes. Um, but maybe she wasn't available. Maybe she didn't want to do nudity. Maybe she didn't want to do all that makeup on or whatever. But why does it change in the movie? And I've already gone over two minutes, and I want to wrap up this podcast. I don't know. Unless something really weird and sci-fi is happening right there. I mean, that's... That's incredibly weird to me. Maybe Kendall sees that face... And maybe he feels some guilt about something he's done. Possibly, maybe, why not? And then, but then it turns out to not be her, but then he thinks it is. Maybe he doesn't get his balls crushed. After all, maybe it's just all in his head. Maybe he passes out and gets taken out of the ambulance. Maybe I'm 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 saying this because I've been rewatching the Nightmare on Elm Street films over the last week, and I just watched Dream Master. Maybe craziness is happening. I don't know. I've never thought that the body that fell out looked like the body that he was putting together. But now I'm not sure. But now it's too late.